Man, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, that, man, that was crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Here, here's the next customer. Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Where you come from? I'm just down the street. Good, man. Can I grab your ID from you? Uh, yeah, sure. Perfect, thank you. you anything to drink tonight? Uh, no, not right now. Nothing? No. Nope. No pre-drinking? No. Nope. Nothing to eat? No. Nope. You weren't eating anything? I mean, I, had a, I grabbed a bite earlier. What'd you have? I had a burger. How long ago was that? An hour ago. An hour ago. Nothing to drink? No. Alright, man. Have a good night. Go on in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old are you? Uh, 18, 19. Ah, interesting. Get out of here. <laughs> and welcome, everybody, to the Bouncerpedia Podcast. Jeff, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? It's been, it's been a little while since I've seen you. It has been. You know what? Um, a lot of things have been going. So now we've had kind of like two seasons worth of yeah. shows. Like we've kind of broken it up into two. Um, and it's actually been interesting. So first we had the Rev All-Stars. Mm -hmm. And then we had Babe Cave. Exactly. Okay. It was, it was good to see all of them again, especially together. Not something we do too often anymore. Yeah, you know, especially with COVID, I know a lot of things have been interesting like obviously we can't see each other all the time yeah. um and and obviously yeah life's been different for the last like year and a half now right yeah it's it hasn't been a year and a half it has oh, yeah crazy uh, just over a year because in april everything march shut down march shut down okay so like a year and three months yeah which which is like, still long long enough too long for sure 100 so. i think the fact that this is still going on mm -hmm. surprises me. Me too. But the fact that you start seeing other provinces like Alberta starting to open up, to me that's a good sign. 100%. It it gives me hope that there is an end to this in Canada. You know what? Here that's definitely here's the hoping that everything gets better soon. Um, but with that being said, we were able to meet with six individuals. Was six seven? I think it was more than six because we had four for the first one. Four? Wasn't it? Well, we had you and I. Yeah. Then we have Steven. Steve. Then Devin. Devin. Donis. Donis. Okay, maybe it is. Yeah. It's been a while. So we had three, and then yep. we did our group mm -hmm. one. Yeah. And then. And then. Yeah, and then there was the three bed case. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I'm just, I'm bad at math. I'm old. Been hitting the head a lot. I have a bad memory. What do you expect from me? That's okay. You know what? Me too. Um, so what I think we should be doing is a little bit of recap. Recaps. How yeah. Things been going. Um, so now that we've put out, so we've put out eleven shows so far. Yep. Okay. So we had you and I first. Mm -hmm. So best show ever, by the way. You know what? It was great. Everyone really liked it. It had a huge response. I think. What do you think? So now reflecting on that first episode that we did, and now that we're into, this would be our 12th episode, mm -hmm. um, how do you think it went? I love it personally. Yeah. I think it's great to get people together, tell these stories, and sit down with people who, sadly, I don't always get the chance to sit down with and talk with. 100%. So, I like it. Um, yeah, I kind of wish we did it sooner. I, I think so too. It, there's a lot that um, there's a lot of different perspectives of things that you just don't realize. I know, like when we started this, we were talking about being bouncers and stuff that we do from A to Z, how people feel about it, and different things, yep. different stories that they've come up with. I think that some of the stories that have come out, I didn't realize would come out. Well, same like the Devin and Steve story. Like I didn't know that they both told the same story from the same from different perspectives. And even with you saying you, you you watched the whole thing from up on the balcony. Yeah, that was actually pretty crazy. I and and yeah, like this listening about listening to that over again, I was like, oh okay, like this is actually very cool. To it's kind of like you're watching a TV show and it's showing it all from three or four different people's perspective, yeah. and then you're like, oh, that's how the story actually unfolded. Because yeah. I know when we retold it in the Rev All Star group, um, Stephen actually had a different. A slightly different encounter of what actually happened, whereas what I saw, what versus what Devin saw, yeah. yeah. So it was actually really interesting. I actually like seeing that whole perspective um, that you can have one event, but so many different ways. Different time. ways of it being told and 
how different people saw it for sure. Yeah. You know what? Okay. So going back to episode one. Yep. So that was you and I. It was. And we talked about a bunch of things. I know a lot of people have uh, brought to my attention that they liked my story about Code Brown. <laughs> uh, I had some people mention that as well. Um, I'm not sure they liked it as much as yours, but they definitely liked hearing about it. Yeah, for sure. Also yeah. about you having someone get their arm chopped off. And yeah, it still yeah. bothers me to this day that I had never heard it before. You never mentioned it once. Yes, that... I, I think it's just one of those things, like... I don't know why, but, like, once something happens as a security guard, you you see it, you live it, you take care of the situation, and then it's gone. Yeah, you forget about it, 100%. Um, but that is still one that should stick out in your head on crazy things you mentioned at the fire when we start talking about stuff. That's true. You know what, very true. It was just, I don't know, it was just something that I never thought of until... How do you never think about watching someone get their arm chopped off with a machete? You know, like, it's, this it's, isn't Nicaragua where it happens every day. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think. I think the thing is that it was maybe it's just maybe traumatic. I was just kind of like shocked when that happened. I was like, oh, and then instead of like freezing, I took care of it, did what I had to, and then it was over. And then I was like, okay, like let's never speak of this again. <laughs> Fuck that! I would be writing a book on that motherfucker. Not never speaking of it again. You know what? I, I was surprised that after that incident that I actually went back to that job. 100%. That would be a very weird thing to go back to. Um, I know that the few times I've had someone pull a knife on me, it's kind of like, is this really worth it to go back to again? Do I really want to get stabbed for like $12? Like, you you, you do kind of wonder if it's worth it. And a machete... Chopping some guy's arm off is definitely one of those things that would make you wonder if it's all really worth it. Because how long have you been doing it when that happened? Not long. Probably maybe a couple months. Yeah, that would probably that would probably scare me enough to not want to go back. Yeah. I, you know what? It was, it's not like... I think it was just because I needed the job at the time Yeah. that I was just like, I'm going to keep going. But... Had I not needed a job just to keep me busy with, because I was in school at the time, you had to pay for school and, and and just my regular bills, I think maybe I would have quit at that time and like done something else completely. Yeah, but that is a big, 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 big like reason to not go and find another job. You know what? Like, how often are you going to get someone coming at you with a machete while you're working hot deli at Zares? You know what? You're the one with the machete back there at that point. The worst <laughs> someone's going to do is throw a chicken nugget at you, maybe. You know what? That's fair. But you know what? Even if, if someone threw a chicken nugget at me, I would probably... I would handle that a lot better than watching someone get their arm chopped off. That's fair. You know, okay. Fair fair enough. I, I agree. Um, it was an incident that I kind of just was like, yeah, whatever. You're just like, eh, this happens. This is my life now. This seems like... I, I am now in a Mexican cartel where people get their arms chopped off. <laughs> you, you know? It, yeah. It, it just... It was a, just a... I don't know. It kind of just happened. And I didn't know... I think maybe at the time I just didn't want to process it. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, this guy is actually leaking blood out of his arm like they do in the movies. Leaking. Leaking blood? Squirting. I was going to say... It was, was, it's, it's not a loose faucet here where it's just... A little drip drip here. It was squirting. It was gross. Yeah. It was the grossest thing ever. I, 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 can, I can attest to that. It was really gross. I, I don't know how I was so calm about it. I, like I said. I think, I think, like you said, you were more in shock over it than anything. Yeah. And that's fully understandable. So sure. I, I commend you for going back again. And I am very glad you kept going back. Otherwise... Uh, we wouldn't have maintained this friendship. We, I would have known you through Best Buy still, probably. Yeah. But I wouldn't really have known you. True. At that time, we didn't really speak at Best Buy. Yeah. So. Yeah, you were racist and you hated me because I was white. Uh, no, um, I think it's because you stared down everybody, so I just didn't come <laughs> up to you. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe. 
Either or. One, one of the two, I'm not sure. You know what? It could go either way, I guess. That's fair. Okay. So, with that all being said, um, there's all, uh, I think a common theme that we've seen out of all of our shows is that people always go back, not for the work, but for the people. For the people, 100%. And I think that is true from everybody that's been on the show, is that they've all said it's because of the people. Um, and I think that's what we said from day one. Yeah. Is that I went back to the people, you went back to the people, and that's and where our friends that, are. And we, we stay so long for the people. Yeah. Like, there's a reason I've been, I was with the company for 17 years, for the people. 100%. The company sucked. Yeah. But the people are awesome, which made the job awesome, which made me care less about the company. Yeah. Like, I know I made a lot of friends there. Like, I, I think I said before, like pretty much all the friends that I currently have or a majority of them actually all worked at the nightclubs. Yep. So it's interesting. Okay. So with that being the theme, and the people that we talk to are all great people, um, all, all people that if if I ever saw them, like, you know, I'd definitely like hang out with them, yeah. buy them a drink, I'll, I'll whatever. Yep. I wish, wish I could hang out with them more. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and it's interesting that we listen to their stories. So... I know, like, when you talk to somebody um, on a daily basis or even just, like, on a weekly basis when you're at a nightclub or bar or wherever you're working, is that you're just getting, like, the, the regular how you're doing this stuff sometimes. Yeah, just the quick version of everything. Yeah, but whereas when we brought them on the show, now they actually were recalling stories in the way that they saw everything mm-hmm. and actually getting how they felt about stuff as well. Yeah. I think I think... Seeing people become more real that way actually brings you closer. I agree, yeah. Okay. And it was good to you get away from that environment where you can kind of sit back and relax and really recall some, some things in more details. Yeah. Because when you're kind of just talking about it while you're at work the next week, you forget details, some things don't really... You're not paying attention to the whole story. Mm-hmm. So it's good to, get, to pull back and you get time to, to reflect on it. And like you said, it really gives you a chance to figure out how you feel about it. 100%. What is your... Um, I'd say, what, what's your favorite episode we've had so far? My favorite episode... So far, out of the six. Oh, man. I don't know why you'd ask someone that. They've, they've all been good. Um, they, 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 100%, they've all been good, and, and they've all been informative. But I think um, there's just, you know, some things that people say that you're like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Um, so it's probably the all-stars for me. Yeah. Yeah. There were stories that I hadn't heard before that yeah. kind of made me, it's what made me want to do this podcast is to hear those stories that I haven't heard. Yeah. So it's things like that that I, that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That, that makes sense. I, I think... Listening to Steven's podcast uh, episode was actually very interesting. Yeah. Um, because 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 his episode was was called he he's the doorman he's the the keys to get in basically. Yeah. Um, but the things that someone at the door has to do um, is very interesting, and I think that is another theme that has carried through to every episode is that the person at the front door. Is, is probably the key to everything. 100%. Right? They're like a gatekeeper of everything. Yep. You know, what goes in and out. What goes in, what goes out. And, and which is why I never understood why people who always said, oh, I want to get into things. I want, like, I want to experience this. All right, let's put you on door. I don't want to work door. Everything happens on door. Everyone comes in. Everyone goes out by the front door. All the problems, front door. Oh. Yeah. Like, everything just happens at the front door. So I've never understood why people hated it. Yeah. But I, 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 I did it for a long time, so I was very much yep. into it. I knew how to do it. I knew all the tricks of how to catch people, mm-hmm. um, catch people sneaking in and out, passing IDs, all that kind the of stuff. The IDs, how to tell they're drunk, everything about them. And to me, it was the funnest place to work. You get to talk to people. You get to make up these things with uh, the guy working door. You get to make up these little jokes and everything. You overloaded it. With that thick dick.
Jones. You better be recording the whole time. Uh, episode was actually very interesting. Yeah. Uh, because the, because his episode was was called he, he's the doorman. He's the, the keys to get in, basically. Problems front door. Oh, like everything just happens at the front door. So I've never understood why people hated it. Yeah. But I, 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 I did it for a long time, so I was very much yep. into it. I knew how to do it. I knew all the tricks of how to catch people, mm-hmm. um, catch people sneaking in. Okay, so most of it was okay. Oh, like everything just happens at the front door. So I've never understood why people hated it. Hundred percent. I actually don't know, because um, I was at the door for a long time and I learned everything, probably of what goes on in nightclub at that front door. Hundred percent. You learn so many things. You learn how to talk to people. You learn how to read people. How to deal with people. You learn everything at the door. You, I promoted people from door to higher positions because of all the things they've had to deal with. Yeah. You have to deal with so much more. You do with every person coming in. Yeah, you learn all the little tricks of how to catch people as well, and how to definitely you learn how to read people. Mm-hmm. I know even to this day, of any job that I've had, you you kind of look at people, and then you kind of can look them in the face to see if they're lying or not. Yeah, not even their face, their whole body language. Yeah, like how they walk up, how they approach you. If they're scared, if they're kind of standoffish, you know, you you can almost tell if they're gonna be angry and upset as they're walking up mm-hmm. and you can tell how you're going to deal with them it's true it's kind of like an interrogation technique they're just like asking those questions and yep. just seeing how far you can go to actually figure out everything about them because really because when you have a lineup of hundreds of people you only have maybe maybe 10 seconds to i was going to say like it. 15 seconds is like a long time to spend with someone just asking like the basic questions and you have to all of a sudden figure out the last three hours of this person's life. Yeah. Because if, if you think about it, in if you have a lineup of, of hundreds of people in line and you're spending 15 seconds with them, that means you have to get four people in every minute. Yeah. Um, and then if someone is like throwing all these curveballs at you, now you've extended that time and pushed everything else back. Mm-hmm. So obviously a lot of people get irritated when they have to, when they have to wait longer. When they have to lines. wait in line and they feel like it's not moving. Yeah. But really, if you think about it, it's not our fault. It's the person that's standing in front of us's mm-hmm. fault. Yep. Right? What's well, that? And, like, I always had the GM for the company tell me, oh, get him in as fast as possible. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? Just open the doors, let everyone walk in? You want me to do this job? I have to do it properly. 100%. That includes talking with the people to make sure they're drunk so we can save your liquor license so the rest of us can have a job. Yeah, like I know, I know there's been times at places, even in town here, that uh, maybe maybe management was telling people to get people in quicker. Yeah. And then they've had eighteen year olds in, mm-hmm. right? Like un- they've had minors in, and then they got shut down for weekends at a time. So so really, that it front door is the most important one. Yeah. So listening to Stephen tell his story about being on the front door, and really going through all the different things that he did and things they had to go through. Um, just a question was very interesting to me to because I, I did the same thing so yeah. I under, really understood what he was saying for sure um, but it was like eye opening as well just like oh like okay like this is what you also did this is what you're looking for and I think for a Bouncerpedia podcast here we also still want to and teach something as well of what actually percent yeah it definitely made me miss my time being on door and running the front door. Yeah. Because, like I said, to me that was some fun times. Yeah. Is all, like I said, you get to play games. Like, kids nowadays, they don't have an actual signature. They still print their name. Yes. So when, yeah. when you would see, like, an actual, like, cursive signature, we'd throw our hands up and yell Yahtzee. And we'd see how many we could get in, like, yeah. see who got more. See who got more fakes. See who could make who cry, like... Yeah. There were so many fun things we ended up doing that 
and made the night so much better. It was, it, it was yeah, 100%. I think just playing games at the door with people and see how many you catch was mm-hmm. always a big highlight. Um, okay. See how many times you get the drunk to go back in line and do a racetrack of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was always good, too. Okay. So, so Stephen... Obviously, Stephen had a great time being on our podcast. Yep. Um, even better time the second the time. The second time. He, he really enjoyed himself. Yeah. I, I know I, I did talk to him briefly about that as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he understood how much of a good time he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is good. So 100%. I, I am very glad everyone who came on the show has had a good time. And I hope everyone who comes on in the future also has a good time. Yeah, because you know it's it's a good time to just talk about some serious things that we've done. Yeah, a little bit about being a bouncer, security, working in a bar in general, mm-hmm. um, but also just reminiscing about good times. Exactly. Again, the sitting down with friends aspect is, I think, a big part of this this show. Yeah, that I really like. So great. You know, so another thing. So let's recap the the next episode. So, okay. So after we had Stephen, mm-hmm. it was really good about the door. Then we had Donus. Yes. So, Donus was uh, basically the, the old school. The concert. old school, yeah, very much when I first started. Did you know about all of his stories that he was telling us? Uh, I think so, for the most part. So, for me, they were new, because um, I didn't know a lot of the stuff um, of where he started and, and yeah. how he's been through. Uh, his full starting, while well, he started out as the dancer, that one I didn't know. Oh, yes, I, I, I didn't know the... For the Oberto's house or something? Yeah. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, yeah. Yeah. That one I didn't know. I think in passing I'd heard that, but I wasn't really sure. Uh, so it's actually good that he had told us that that's where he, he started out. Yeah. Um, and then he just kind of got thrown into security. And it's also good to know he essentially worked for Schnitzel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll work for food. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what he did. I think all security will do that. I, I don't know how many, how many times it was, Yo, we got this extra hot dog here. You guys want it? Yeah, we want it. All right. <laughs> go, go get me this. You guys want to put this away for me? So many times I ended up moving the, the barbecue and everything at dog for that extra hot dog or whatever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you watch this while I go run in and get more or this and that? Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for watching this. Here's a hot dog. Yeah. Fucking right, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, and, and like, I think a lot of the times... Like, even in different types of security, I know, like, I do a lot of event security now. Yep. Um, people, we will be there for, like, 12 to 15 hours a day. For sure. And just getting that little meal break makes your day so much better. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to pay for it. It's, like, a comped meal. It is a lot better. Yeah. And those things, like, as little as it might seem like it is, just to get a meal, but, like, when you've been working for that many hours... Especially anyone who worked on a Friday night, usually you worked at your full-time your, your job. normal job during the day. And then came to work. Mm-hmm. And then if you were lucky, you didn't work on the Saturday. You didn't work Saturday morning. And yeah. you were able to actually get some sleep. Yeah. I was not one Which I was going to say is usually pretty rare. Yeah. I, I don't know many of us that actually had like a full weekend off. No. Any time that we did have a weekend off, we would end up showing up to work because... But not to like actually work, just like hang out. Yeah. Right? Well, if you if you had like the actual like Friday Saturday off, it's just it's too weird. Yeah. But I meant like you. Most of us had like Saturday morning jobs, where we we had to go into work, and it was that almost you work that eighteen to twenty hours a day sort of thing. Hundred percent. Which yeah, so like it was a long long day. That's why I always enjoyed having Sundays off because that was my like. That was your. Just sleep all day and just recuperate every day. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, so it's interesting to get Donus's perspective on older stuff. I know, mm-hmm. obviously, when he had started, he said that was it was a little bit more lax in things that we had to do. Yeah, there weren't as many rules and stipulations, and we didn't have licenses and things no. like that. It was just like, hey, you want to do this? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, back then you could almost wear whatever you wanted. You didn't have to be labeled. The, the writing didn't have to be a certain size, yeah. which is so weird and something I never thought would be so hard to do. Yeah. Re- redesign shirts when I had to do it for Dallas. And yeah. I had to make sure they were the right size and didn't have a collar, right color. 
Like this is a lot of work for a hundred minimal job. Yeah, I definitely learned all that stuff too. That you couldn't have like a, a navy blue shirt. A navy blue shirt can't have a collar. Or a black shirt with a yep. collar. You can't. You can't have like ranks on your on your clothes. Yeah, you can't have ranks, chevrons. You can't have some stripes. But the word security has to be a certain width and boldness, and has to be certain distance from your security number. It has to be so big on the back. It's true, but but these things are. Yeah, like you, you don't think about it and you go somewhere to see security like oh there they are but yeah. I think because we are so accustomed to seeing all that stuff we're like oh we can point them out a little you bit you can point them out so much easier we, you don't need this giant security on their back to be like that yeah. guy's security he works here like even if I go to Walmart or shoppers if a loss prevention guy is walking around I can usually pick them up pretty quick yeah yeah you know there there is that other part of security is like the undercover security that you see at like LCBOs. Yep, the loss prevention guys. <laughs> they they are, so obviously they're not marked security guards, but you can tell who they are. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to Shoppers a couple of years ago now, but there was the he was walking around and he had his handcuffs hanging out of his back pocket. Oh really? Yeah, I'm like, buddy, you're not you're not fooling anyone. I literally see a handcuff hanging out of your back pocket. I understand you got to make it discreet and kind of accessible, but get a pouch, put it, put both of them in your pocket. Yeah. Don't have one hanging out of your pocket. Everyone knows your loss prevention. We can see it. You looking at me sideways. I also see that. That's true. You know what? Okay. So funny story is, uh, I, I was out and about the other day, mm-hmm. and the security guard kept following me around. Yeah. And I was, I was looking at him, I was like, what are you doing? And then, obviously I knew he was lost prevention. Yeah. And I was like, obviously I'm not stealing him an adult and I don't do that kind of stuff. And then, so instead of waiting for him to approach me, I approached him. I was like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And he goes. It throws him off. Yeah. He goes, I'm, I'm fine. And I was like, I was like, great. Are you catching anybody today? Yeah. And he goes, what do you, what do you mean catching who? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, like, like you're lost prevention. He's like, how do you know? And I was like, listen. I was like, you maybe haven't seen me in a long time, but you actually used to work for me. Oh, really? Yes. And I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> so, wow. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm so sorry, boss. <laughs> I was like, Bye, of course, he called you boss. <laughs> so, yes. So thank you. Now I get respect. Now that I'm not somebody code I'm trying to steal. Yeah. Well, like you said, we're grown adults. We don't do that. No. I can afford these things. I, I can. Af- yeah. Exactly. So. Um, like I have more government clearance than you do. Leave me alone. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. Okay, which leads me to Devo. Yes. What do you think? It was good. Like I said, they're all good. Um, I think I've heard a lot of Devin stories before from all our guys' weekends and everything. We've talked about a lot of them. Yeah. It's only you who've been hiding your dirty little secrets about getting arms chopped off and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of Devin's stories I was there for or yeah. had heard. So it was good. I think um, those three guys that we had on are all really good security guard bouncers that we've had. Uh, one hundred percent. So yeah. it's it's actually been really good, and uh, you know I appreciate them for them coming on. For sure, definitely gonna have to have them on again. Which leads us to. The babe cave. The babe cave, yes. Okay, so this this so this is interesting. First, we had Nicole. Yep, we we took a different different path than security. We started to look at the other side of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good. So so Nicole was a manager slash bartender. Or just a bartender. Yeah. She's just just, just a bartender. Um, but she thinks she does a lot. But she, she thinks she does. <laughs> just wait till the bar opens again I'm not there people are going to be lined up at the door because she doesn't like to show up on time it's always late it's like she can't read a clock yeah but I love her she's great maybe maybe she just keep doing her yelling hey maybe people just listen <laughs> hey stop showing up on time you're 10 minutes early yeah hey hey what are you doing in line yeah um, but you know what her stories were good as well they I were 
I think uh, it's interesting her the perspective that she was showing. Hundred percent. Um, it's things that always happen behind me. Like yeah. when I was in the fights, I didn't see all those things she's doing. I would, I wasn't seeing her grabbing the girlfriend, pushing the crowd back, and doing those things. Yeah. Like I knew she was there, kind of doing it, but I didn't hear her side of of things that were happening. No, for sure. You definitely don't know. You don't know what you don't know, obviously. Yeah. And now, now that you hear about it, you're like, oh, okay. Like, obviously, if she hadn't been there in certain situations, things would have turned out a lot differently. For sure. I know when I had been in altercations, and then sometimes I, I would get up slowly and look back, and she would be there, like, just stopping people mm-hmm. and telling people to get back. That, huge holding the door, yeah. making sure people weren't just running back in. Yes. Yeah. So she was, like, not just... She's a bartender, but she was also someone that looked out for everybody, which was for sure. Which is really good. I don't think you don't think you see that with everybody. No, it's definitely not something that happens with everyone and not even if you're not a manager and you're just kind of one of the bartenders walking by, they would quickly either run away or just kind of stand there and freeze and not know what to do, not know to hold the door and just you don't have to check IDs but just tell people no, we're not. We're not going in right now. Hundred percent. Like she wasn't a security guard, uh, but she knew what we needed so that yep. we would be get out of the situation safe. Yeah, for sure. Which is really good. We definitely appreciate that. Always. Um, okay, so then then we then we get to uh, Katie. Yep. Okay, so so this one was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally have not talked to Katie that much, um, just kind of like in the bar saying hi and things yep. like that. So really listening to her stories were very interesting because you... They were 100% new to you. You never yeah. heard any, any of them at any detail. No. And it, it showed... I think for me, one of the most interesting things is the stuff she would say to get tips. Yeah. Yeah, those are things you didn't really hear about. You didn't talk to a lot of the bartenders after. We always kind of stuck with security side because they were off counting cash and then they were telling, they were sticking with their bartender friends telling all their stories. So yeah. you, didn't, you didn't hear those stories and unless you were good friends with a lot of the bartenders, you don't really ask them those things like, what do you, what do, you do for tips? Yeah. To security, we don't give a fuck about their tips because we don't get them. Well, I guess kind of you do because you get tipped out. So. But we get tipped out. You get tipped out on sales, so it has nothing to do with the amount of tips they get. Oh. It's, it's tipped out. It was two percent of the amount they sold. Oh, I thought it was two percent of their tips. No, it's amount they sold. Interesting. Okay, so so again, we get a lot learning. Two percent of what was sold. So, the more provocatively that they dress, the higher the sales would be. Uh, somewhat, usually yes. But, and, you know, guys would also pay, pay more for it. They'll pay more for boobs. Yeah, we, we, we've learned that guys are dumb. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, so that, you know, that's, that's always okay too. Um, but yeah, you know what, it's, it's actually been interesting. Um, so hearing her stories as well, mm-hmm. seeing how she uh, saw the fight, or sorry, not the fight, the uh, uh, twelve bars incident. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Again, I, I like I said, like I was not part of twelve bars at Dallas. At Dallas, but we all went through it again at the yeah. uh, Rev and Dog. Yes, so, we're, so that same night you guys were dealing with your stuff, and the same time we were dealing with our stuff yeah. over at the Rev, and I was. So it was actually interesting to see like everyone's perspective, like how chaos wasn't just breaking out. At with, one bar, it was kind of all over town. It, it was, was yeah, one night of chaos that for some reason kept happening over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Every year, those those incidents happened. Those nights. I yeah, I still don't know why. I, I don't even think they were that big of like revenue generators either. They weren't. Hundred percent weren't. They're were just. Like, I'm sure you lost a lot of money because of how much they destroyed every club they went to. Yeah, and I hated them writing on everything. The first one year, we didn't take away markers. 
Oh yeah. It was, it, you know, it was so bad. Everything got tagged. Everything got tagged. Everything got dicks. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy a good drawing of a dick, but not when it's at my bar, and not when I have to sit there and clean it up. Hundred percent. Speaking of which, uh, which leads us to Elise. Yes. So Elise had some interesting stories. The way that she had started. Um, so she started at, I believe she said, a, a coaching. Uh, no, even before that, when she started, she said she worked in a restaurant. Yes. Okay. So even from a restaurant that she had started at, mm-hmm. that was even interesting to hear her stories there and things that were happening. Well, it seemed like most of the security seemed to work in grocery stores. Yeah. All the bartenders were all servers first. Yeah. That, that's actually a good way to look at it though. Yeah, that's true. Except I've never worked in a grocery store. I have never either. Well, Stephen down. We did. I think we all. I think retail is kind of a common job for most people to start out on. For everybody, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's easier to get jobs there. For sure. It's the one you need kind of zero experience to do, but. Hundred percent, because they teach everything there. Yeah. Right. So so her stories were interesting. Um, and then how she gradually worked up yeah. in in the bar. So she actually started out as coach check, like you were saying. She was mm-hmm. there for two years, which is nuts. That's okay, coach crazy, crazy thing about that's a job that you have to rehire for every year. Yeah. So for her to come back and be coach check for two years without kind of speaking up earlier, it was just it was mind boggling. It didn't seem like it was something that was necessarily common. Which actually, it's definitely not common, but it's it blew my mind when she said that. Yeah, and then her her rise to the top was interesting mm-hmm. as well. Starting as a um, cocktail waitress. Yep. And then just kind of cocktail, and then you start the shitty bars, and you make your way up to the better ones, and then assistant manager, and that was fake Nicole. That's fake Nicole. Yes. Yeah, it, it's it's actually interesting as well because. I think talking to those three, they all kind of liked similar events as well. Mm-hmm. Once we got to dress up and do something fun. Yeah. Obviously, as security, you can't really do that. You always have to wear a uniform, so you're kind of always the same. Yeah. The worst right. you can do is put some face paint on, which then clogs your pores and makes you sweat like crazy. Yes, and then makes you just want to wipe it off. Yeah. After an hour, <laughs> which is horrible. Yeah. Um, but then, taking those three and then putting them all... So, okay, individually interviewing them was great mm-hmm. together together with alcohol whoo with some risky yes that was interesting it was I, I didn't expect to finish that bottle no let alone finish it so quick yes but and you know it, it was great it was great it was I'm, I'm glad they had fun and they were able to relax and, and open up yes I just I like the fact that as they were getting drunk, the everybody was all jumbled together. Mm-hmm. It was kind of all over the place. Um, but then the drunker they got, the more coherent they became. Yeah, it's it was it was very weird. It's it's one of those phenomenons with bartenders and security, the way we work like that. Yeah, the worse you get, the actually more. They drank themselves sober almost. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. So I love that for them. I definitely love that for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so in general, now we've done two sets. Yep. Of our two show. seasons almost. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll call it. We we'll call them seasons, sets, anything. Well, and we have many more to come. Hundred percent. Right. So mm-hmm. we have the next group um, that we're gonna have soon. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna figure out who that is. Um, but I think. In general, the shows have been teaching people stuff about the perspective of what we go through, because we're not just that person who makes twelve bucks an hour yeah. minimum wage that doesn't have an education. Exactly, we don't live to go kick out sober people every weekend. Yeah, like that's that's not what we want to do. That's not what we're here for. No, so we're de- definitely all there, and and it's I think the the really the the big point that we've gotten is that. Yes, we do. We do work in bars on weekends as, as security or bartenders, but at the same time, we go home 
we have our own families that we have to take care of, mm-hmm. and then we also have real jobs. Like we're all educated. Exactly. We have a life of outside of the bar for the most part. Yeah, which I think is I I don't understand why it's so hard for someone to understand that we have a real life outside. Yeah, that that one always always kind of got out of my head of why do you say this is the only thing I do? Yeah, like. No one, like we said before, no one survives off a security job like like that. You can't. You can't. You usually do it for like extra money. Exactly, it's that side hustle, it's that extra bit of spending money, that extra like money you put aside, you save. That's not your. That's not your income. Yeah, you know what? Like, well, well, what's here for? No, like one thing my dad always says is that always save money for a rainy day. Yep. And that's kind of how it was. So. At a point, all the money I made as security was actually paying for all my bills, mm-hmm. and then my regular job was getting saved. Same, which was which was great. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So like, I, I just don't understand. It's 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 weird how entitled people are when they come and like to talk down to somebody, saying that you only do this and you only do that. Yeah, I paid my cover. He worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, your two dollars all of a sudden thinks. Makes you think you own me? I don't work for you. No, I I've never worked for that person. No, but just it's drunk people. The things that go through their head. Hundred percent. I can't understand as a sober person. Yeah, like I I know like there has been times, like we've all been out. I'm sure to a bar at some point in time, but I've never told someone that I'm better than them at any in any capacity. Oh, I have. Really? Oh yeah. How so? I, I walk like I think I said it before, where I, I sometimes have this air to me where I walk around and um, some people feel that I'm projecting that I think I'm better than them, but in reality I'm trying to project that I know I'm better than them. Just <laughs> <laughs> because you are better than them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, but that's I, I don't physically go up to tell us up to someone and tell them I am better than you because I paid two dollars to get in your bar yeah 100% I, I am actually the opposite I'm actually nice to everybody I don't no. I don't care you run into so many problems being nice to people all the time yeah you know sometimes that does happen it does but um, but it, I'd rather be nice to somebody and maybe make somebody's day rather than like fuck them Shit on their parade. They can get fucked. I don't care. <laughs> okay. You know, some people can definitely go and do that. Um, but but in general, you, you want to be good to people? No? No, not really. In general, I don't like most people. Oh, okay. So most of them can get fucked. Okay. That, that, that's definitely fair and valid. I... I understand. I think that's what made me such a good guard is I really don't care about people. You know, I think, but maybe, maybe you have this mentality is because of all the things you've had to do at the bars. Work. There's a good chance. Do you think that if you did, if you didn't work at the bar to begin with and you just had other jobs, regular jobs, do you think you'd have, you'd have the same mentality? That's a good question. Honestly? Maybe not. Hundred percent. I don't think so. Because, because you, we, we did, we tried to look tough or act that part when we were working. Yeah. But really, like you would do it when, when customers were around. But as soon as they would go, like we would start. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like we would. Just it it, like it is very different. But again, that's. But I only learned that from working at the bar. Yeah. Otherwise, I would never have done it. I would not have like. Everyone says I have a resting bitch face, but that's 100%. actually just my face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy, I get that all the time. Yeah. I almost got tased at uh, a border crossing because I have such a apparently angry-looking face that I look so angry. Yeah. And I was with some, like, Mexican runaway and the Unabomber at the time, and they were picking on me because I looked angry. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dingo was in the back and Josh was up front. Yeah. And then Josh had his big beard and... Dingo is Australian. Yeah. Looks like a Mexican runaway. Yeah. And the guy was picking on me because I was just kind of sitting there with my normal kind of 
Dave, so which apparently looks angry. And he leaned yeah. over and went, okay. and what's your problem? Uh, sorry? You look, you look angry and upset. Nope. You sure? Yeah. Just, just my face. And right next to me was a, another border officer with her hand on the door, like holding the handle and the taser out, ready for like some code word to open that door and tase me right away. Yeah. Like, I was prepared to be like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to get tased. Today's the day. Well, I was almost tased once before, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a fight, and one of the cops just kind of was telling people to leave, and he had his taser out, and he was dry-stunning it. So all you heard is the and he was walking around just swinging his arm, and his arm brushed my back. I I am ninety nine percent sure I felt like the taser brushed my ass as he was walking by. He went, "Oh, sorry." I'm like, "Motherfucker!" Oh, yeah, that that definitely would have been bad. Yeah, probably would have peed myself. Even worse, you would have shit yourself. But I. I would 100% rather get teased than pepper sprayed again. Again? Yeah. Wait, wait, oh, okay, I think I know you You did get pepper sprayed. I've, I've been pepper sprayed once, like, directly, and then... On purpose? I don't know if he did it on purpose. Okay. But he was trying to subdue the guy we were fighting with. Yes. And just kind of did, like, a... F- Everyone can get fucked yes. and sprayed everyone in the fight, okay. including like the four guards that were in there. See, see that I knew about. I knew that you got like sprayed by yeah. chance because the, the cop just did it. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought like I thought you got like actually came up to you and sprayed you in the face. No. <laughs> no. Okay. And there have been other times where um, you've been in a fight and the cops have sprayed it and you're kind of walking into it and you're. Nope. It's horrible. It is. And there have been times when, like, you kind of, you walk in as a manager after the fight and you go, the air is spicy. Back to my office. I don't want to know what happened yet. No. And then someone comes like, oh, yeah, you know, the ambulance is here for this guy. You got pepper sprayed. And like, you know, like, well, are we good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Good. Fuck them. Okay. See, th- those are interesting. See, as as being a security guard in instances like that, being pepper sprayed is horrible. Hundred percent, because that it's not like a taser where you can kind of get up and you're okay. Mm. Like that is half an hour of agony. You're trying to flush your eyes out. Flush your eyes out, but it's on your shirt, and if it's it's in the summer, like all of mine have been. Yeah. Everything is sweating. Oh. So yeah. everything drips. Down to all your open pores, which if you don't have like some baby powder on your balls, <laughs> then all of a sudden someone takes this, the bottle of water after you're pepper sprayed and dumps it on your face and it goes all down your body and burns your chest and your stomach and then your balls are on fire because all they've been sweating and right. those pores are open and yeah, it okay. is just agony. At that point, you just you want to go home, but you don't because you yeah. still you still want to make sure your friends go home. So you take that hour of agony and the rest of the night smelling like pepper spray, fucking everyone's night out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, like, there's definitely um, a big component of danger that you do have being a security guard, whether it be from weapons or guns or pepper spray or tasers. Being bitten. Yeah, being hit on by the ugly girl in the group, having to take one for the team <laughs> and jump on that grenade. <laughs> I haven't heard someone use that term in a long time. A grenade? A grenade. Okay. I remember that term, but I haven't heard that in a long time. Interesting. Okay. So, with, <laughs> with that all being said, um, so yeah, we've had six good, really good episodes. Mm-hmm. And then we've had two group ones. Yep. And then ours together. Um, yeah, you know what? There, I think there's still a lot of stories that we need to uncover. For sure. For people around. That and people need to come back and after every bitch. 
And so I think we have a lot more uh, entertaining episodes uh, to come. For sure. Definitely have lots of good people that I still want to bring on, tell all their stories, and then have them people we've already had on come back. Because after every episode, they always go on and tell us other stories they want to tell. And stories reminded them of this other story that they said, and this one, and this one, and this one. Yes. It feels like they could have gone on for another hour and a half, two hours, and tell all the stories. It's actually interesting. Everyone that we talked to, as soon as we finished recording, right away they had another... Another story and another thing to add. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, I could have said this one and this one. So, yeah, you know what? It, um, we'll get some, some more people on and see where it goes, and then we'll, we'll recap it again. Yeah, for sure. And people are always scared of, they don't know what to say, they don't have stories. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. That's what everyone says when they come in. And everyone, it's just like, as soon as they start talking, yeah. you, know, you can't stop them. Yeah. Which is great. 100%. And I think, even for us, like, there's so many stories that, as, as I, as we've been doing these shows, like, they keep coming out slowly. Yeah. Uh, like, we did our first ones that we actually had, like, a lot of stuff we, we talked about, like, the Code Brown mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but then, later on, came out the Machete story. There's the machete story, the gun story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're ones you don't you don't think of things. They don't kind of stay in your head. It has to be brought up and something to trigger that memory. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just a night. It happened. I moved on, like you said, and I don't think of it. It's not forefront in my mind. It happened. I, I move on. I dealt with it. I think it also, like now, even now that I think of it, I have so many more stories um, that are coming to mind, but also I think we need to bring those people on to bring up those stories. 100%. Okay. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Oh, she's putting me on the spot now. i got to write all these things down, I guess. i got nothing on the top of my head. I want to thank all the guests that have come on before. For sure. For sure. Thank you, guys. Uh, I want to thank everyone listening, too. Um, you guys were keeping us going, so um, like like our videos, tell your friends about them, share them. Like, subscribe. Yeah, like, like, comment, subscribe, the normal thing. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for coming on. It's always great to hear your, your feedback on it. And if you guys know people you want us to have on, let us know. We can reach out to them. Or if you want to come on, reach out to us and we can figure something out. That'd be great, yeah. We'd like to hear more and more people's stories. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that have already reached out that want to be on the show. Yeah. And it doesn't have people who work with us. If you worked at another bar, we'd love to hear your stories because they'll be 100% new to us. Yeah, because I know this is, um, like, yeah, they don't always have to be everyone together. We might yeah. not have that group story, but as being security or being in a bar, you have common stories. Oh, for sure. We all have, have dealt with that drunk guy who knows the owner and not everyone has dealt with the girl who owns Reese's Pieces, but... No, just just you and Devin on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, with that being said, yeah, thank you to everyone who's been on. And, Jeff, thank you for being my favorite co-host. Thank you for being my favorite co-host as well. Uh-huh. You've done a wonderful job. You as you and have I, as well. Thank you. I love that for us. I love that for <laughs> us, I'm sure. All right. So, that's the, this week's episode, and we have more exciting episodes coming your way.